Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Today, Jim, we are talking about one that, with the exception of one moment, which we'll get to later, doesn't really get talked about that much, this particular Rumble. I agree with you. I knew who won, but I also was like, what else happens during this? Mm -hmm. And I know the one moment I'm like, okay, it comes from this. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, this is a forgotten one. And we have a guest today. Yes, we do have a guest today, and he has a podcast of his own, which we'll get to know in a little bit. So let's welcome into this time, Doc. Uh, hi there, I'm Doc Diamondfire. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on the show. I do love me some Royal Rumble action, and uh, yeah, my podcast is called Contesting Wrestling, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, unless you want me to get into it now, or well, yeah, are we going to get into it well, later? Here's what we'll do, Doc. Why don't you tell us about what, you know, yeah. what kind of wrestling fan you are, what you follow, what you've followed in the past, and just the general knowledge, okay. and also talk about your show that is about wrestling. Let's do it that way. All right, so uh, I was uh, you know, I was a little kid, uh, around uh, eight or nine or ten years old or so, um, and it was not the uh, it was not the prime time to be a wrestling fan. It was uh, 1992. Um, popularity of the WWF was waning, uh, but that's what everyone in my school got into it. Uh, so I just kind of rode the wave and I latched on to Bret Hart. I became a Hitman fan. Started going to house shows at the Garden, which they were running every like month and a half, two months at that point. Uh, way back in the 90s, you know, <laughs> and uh, mm. yeah, so I was uh, I was a maniac about it. As I as I grew, I consumed as much as I could. I read all the magazines. I started taping. The only place WCW was on television in the New York market was on uh, a local CBS affiliate Sunday nights at like 2 a.m. <laughs> so I got my VCR to record that. It was worldwide. So for months, I watched just WCW worldwide. Like, what is this? Um and that was fun. But then, yeah, of course, the Monday Night Wars and so on happened. And, uh, yeah, as an adult, uh, I started watching uh, Ring of Honor when they started when they started cooking in 2004. I knew that there had to be something more than just indies that were trying to be ECW. Right, sure. And uh, pretty shortly after that, I got in the ring myself. I decided I'd gone as far as I could as a fan. I knew too many fans to analyze wrestling so hard that they start to hate everything. I did not want to do that. Uh, so I trained for several years in Brooklyn under Johnny Rods. Um, I trained for several years uh, in Chikara under uh, the crew at Chikara. And, uh, yeah, now I've, I've kind of uh, put that all behind me, and I'm striking out on my own. And it, it feels real good. Uh, right now I watch um, – what do I watch now? I try and catch all the AEW stuff. It's a very exciting time. I, I watch the NXT. I don't really watch Raw anymore. I'll mm-hmm. catch what's happening. But the show is just so long. Just so, so very, very long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just, I just kind of try and stay abreast with what's going on in the wrestling business. If anything's really cool, I'll try and catch it. There is so much right now that's going on like that. Even I'm pretty sure that's, oh, who knows? I pro- maybe outdated myself just now and we'll see. Maybe all of a sudden we're back down to only one promotion being really shown. But, uh, but as we're yeah. recording this, this is a pretty, um, pretty big time for for wrestling as far as easy accessible i guess is the term to see other promotions oh, yeah. outside of yeah. wwe 
But well, I remember seeing the ads in the pro wrestling magazines for you to buy the tape of the King of the Deathmatch tournament where you'd have like two pictures of Cactus Jack covered in blood and it would be the same two pictures in every <laughs> ad. And like that was the only way you could see something that wasn't on television. And usually it would be the most extreme stuff you could think of because that's what that's what made good advertising. Sure. When are we, when are we going to get the exploding mind match? That's what I want to know. Uh, hopefully never. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I would. I would buy that show. But look, we're talking about the yeah. Royal Rumble. We're Royal Rumble 2009 people for this episode. Um, but what else was going on in 2009? Bill, give us the rundown of what's going on in the WWE and in other promotions outside WWE. All right. Well, let's start with our roll call of champions. At this time, going into the Royal Rumble, Jeff Hardy is the WWE champion. The United States champion is Sheldon Benjamin. The WWE tag team champions are Carlito and yeah, am I right? Yeah, Carlito and Primo. I had to make sure I didn't say. So Epico. you're about to tell me some crazy <laughs> partner like Carlito and uh, Hornswoggle like that? Right. Your delay made <laughs> me think that it was going to be some crazy ass team. Right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, CM Punk is the Intercontinental champion. Jack Swagger is the ECW champion. The World Tag Team Champions are John Morrison and The Miz. The Women's Champion is Beth Phoenix. The World Heavyweight Champion is John Cena. And the Divas Champion is Maurice. So we have a lot of champions there. Uh, meanwhile, in TNA, there's still TNA at this point in time. Their current champion is Sting. The X Division champion is Alex Shelley. The Knockouts champion is Awesome Kong. Their tag team champions are Beer Money Inc. And for you, Jim, our first ever TNA Legends champion, Looker T. And also, it should be noted, this is, well, I don't know, it might, I think it is. This would be the, in, in a year from this, it's the Hogan TNA, is it not? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, oh, my. Uh, yeah, so we're like a year away from that. Um, in Ring of Honor, their current champion is Nigel McGuinness, and the tag team champions are El Generico and Kevin Steen. Hmm. So whatever what happened to that El Generico? I don't know. Last I heard, he was working in an orphanage in Mexico. Ah, what a what a good dude. I know, right? Um, <laughs> leading into the Royal Rumble, um, Shawn Michaels is now working for JBL because Shawn Michaels is allegedly broke. I love that storyline, by the way. It was actually yeah. pretty interesting. I'm not gonna lie. But it also made me question: Why in the world did we not get JBL and Shawn Michaels? It clearly seems like that's at WrestleMania, clearly seemed to me that that's where they were going to go with it. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't have a Shawn Michaels level WrestleMania match. Shawn wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, someone is trying to kill Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, you don't remember that, Jim? No, the one? even in my notes, it's not there. Like what? his pyro went off yeah, on him pyro- and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, someone is trying to ruin Jeff Hardy's life, basically. And Randy Orton knocked out Vince McMahon with a punt kick 
the the week prior to the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And that's the big stories going into this Royal Rumble event. I can't believe I forgot all about the Jeff Hardy storyline. Now, Bill, unless you're going to bring it up later, if, if, and if you are, then I don't want an answer now. But if you're not, I want an answer now. Do we find out who is trying to murder Jeff Hardy? Yeah, we do. But is this it? Something you could talk about now, yeah. or is this something you could talk, talk about later? I think I was Rikishi. Did <laughs> for the Rock. Uh, <laughs> I should have known. It didn't make any sense then either. <laughs> I, it's tough because we'll just wait. If you're saying it's yeah, tough, we'll, we'll just wait then. Only, only because the person has a match on this show early in the night, and. Am I blanking out on this? Wow, I thought you'd remember that one. No, I don't remember who it is. Now I'm really intrigued. This episode <laughs> just got way more interesting to me. Yeah. I hope Time it was the great Detective Jim to come back. Yes. I'll figure <laughs> it out. I'll figure it out. Um, so the announcers are Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, which are, they're not both, they're both raw, right? No, JR's on SmackDown. Boy, what's going on? With they, they had moved. Uh, they had moved Michael Cole over to Raw. Yeah, this was the part Jim of that transition. Ross, yeah, this was the Jim Ross screw job draft, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Get that. Get that tight close up on him, just as we uh, just as we announce his name. You yep. pinpoint the exact moment his heart is breaking. <laughs> My God, I I remember watching that. And I'm like. <laughs> Did I just see what I thought I saw? Yeah, really. They actually they... screwed Jim Ross over, like in the the best way to actually hide it. Because what it was, they... it was the Divas Tag Team Match, and even though they've never done it before, all the announcers are can be drafted in this match. Never did it before. Right. Little suspicious. Then... Okay, sure. Let's see what happens. Then. The Divas match happens. It's a double count out. Okay, cool. So nothing happens, right? No, mm-hmm. that means they both get two draft picks. Or they get a draft pick each. I'm like, that doesn't seem that like that would make sense. <laughs> Wouldn't be something if they just like drafted Jim Ross to SmackDown and nothing else and Raw was just Jerry Lawler talking oh for God. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Big Foley had the best line like, Oh, I'm sorry, Jr. Uh, I love working with you, but I wanted it to be on Raw. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's so crazy that that actually happened. And, and it's funny because I the only reason I remember even remember that recently because they I think I listened to a um oh the Jim Ross podcast with Conrad Thompson, and mm. they talk about this in an episode. Now, it's really it's a good listen. You should check it out. Anyone who hasn't done so yet, um, okay. Uh, the, the Jim Ross podcast has become quite primo lately. <laughs> At this point, for me, with the as much as I really enjoyed the Conrad podcasts, I at this point now it's just a topic for me. Like meaning, I'll listen to it if I like the topic, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. it. Um, before the Royal Rumble, I only have one segment written down that would affect the Royal Rumble. And it was a Chris Jericho, Randy Orton segment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything else that would affect the Royal Rumble that I might have missed? I haven't, no, but it wouldn't really affect it. I'll save it for when we get into the first five. 
So. Okay. What about you, Doc? Um, yeah, no, not really. Uh, at this point, it's it's time for the main event. You know, once the rumble starts, it tells the story that it tells. Um, I mean, just on, on an overview of the, the general WWE trajectory, you know, we're on the path to WrestleMania now, and uh, the Royal Rumble is the point of no return. So <laughs> they uh, they haven't pulled the trigger on much yet, and this is this is where it starts. Right. Okay, so I guess let's get right into it, because there's nothing much else to say. Yeah. No, there really isn't. So... Entries one through five. One, Rey Mysterio. Two, John Morrison. Three, Carlito. Four, MVP. Five, The Great Kali. And I have, during this segment, eliminated no one. And, Bill, we did forget to say that our intervals are 90 seconds, which means right. our intervals are... Every seven and a half minutes. And there are no managers allowed at ringside, according to what I have on my notes. So. Right. Um, okay, so we start this discussion off with Doc. All right, well, uh, straight off, we get, you know, Mysterio and Morrison. They both take the opportunity to, uh, you know, show off their getting back in the ring skills. Like, uh, it's a perfect showcase for Morrison's incredible abdominal strength and uh, just general conditioning. And since there aren't a bunch of other people in the ring, it makes more sense that they have a second to pull themselves back up and over and around. And I, I, I was, uh, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. It's the kind of thing that I could never really do myself. So I'm like, how do you do that, man? How do you do that? <laughs> and uh, the, the other two are the best at it. And like just these guys, you know, MVP was always really good. He probably could have been a bigger star if the cards had fallen a little differently. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the rumble gets rumbling right away, although there aren't, uh, there aren't a lot of eliminations quickly. Right, there's not a whole lot of times I get to say no one when I'm yeah, really. eliminated. I would say in the span of this podcast, if I were to go back, I would say maybe ten times? Yeah, and it's like yeah. once every so often episodes. Yeah, there's definitely episodes where there are no times that I say no one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the best way to say that. <laughs> um, there are times where you have said no one has been eliminated. At least once. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, I have the note of here, Morrison hanging on the rope for all he's worth. So one of my notes, which you just mentioned, Doc Morrison, really on display here. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have Jim Ross's comment, the most popular athlete from India ever in the WWE. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I have that in my it's like how Chris Jericho is the youngest ever AEW champion. Uh, yes. You only hire one guy from India ever. He's definitely <laughs> going to be the most popular Indian athlete in the WWE. Well, now you did it, Doc. Um, now someone's going to become AEW champion that's younger than Jericho before this airs. You jinxed us. Man, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I hear Bob Backlund is still in excellent shape. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Yeah, Kali is such an anomaly. I always describe Kali as like the the static swinging fireball sticks, like in Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Like they will kill you <laughs> if you learn the timing. You can get around them right. and keep going. And once you get good enough at the level, you don't even see him. You just you just pass him. And that was that was Kali's career trajectory. He came out and he was a killer, and nobody could beat him. And by the end, he was kind of a joke mm-hmm. because everybody figured out what time to jump. That's very, very true. I mean, when you look at Kali's first appearance and his first couple of months, he's like the most dominating yeah. thing. And then at the end, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know when Kali's last match was, right. but <laughs> I mean, I, I think at one point he was just relegated to the kiss cam. Would it, would it have been the greatest Royal Rumble? 
Maybe. Was, was he in that? Maybe. That sounds right. And by the way, you can listen to the art take on the greatest Royal Rumble in the archives. Yeah. It was oh, our man. longest episode, obviously, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the intervals. Um, yeah, one of, our, one of our most downloaded episodes, too. Oh, wow, really? Oh. Yeah. That's very surprising to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I laughed that Carlitos failed to backstab Ron Colley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Carlito's springboard was great, but I never remembered him doing it before. No, no. He was a heel most of the time, so he didn't do a lot of moves that made you want to like cheer him. Uh, the few times he wrestled as a babyface, he would pull out like his crazy uh, moonsault tumbles and stuff. But it was, they rarely put him in that position. He was a very smart, uh, smart worker. You will, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't one of those guys that wanted the crowd to cheer him when he was a heel. Now he wanted you to dislike him, right. and it works. And he's another guy who could have been a much bigger star. They just kind of let him. Yeah, Bill. What else do you have for this segment? Well, Kali obviously still does not know how to eliminate people from the match because <laughs> he beats everyone up and and he doesn't eliminate anyone. He we did. learned that in '07 because yes. JBO made that quote of. You gotta throw him over the top, golly. And that's what he starts. Here he doesn't do it. But um, I, I do have one note from the introduction of the match, which we never do. And I wrote this word for word because I found this so interesting. I'm intrigued. The last remaining superstar is guaranteed a championship match mm. at WrestleMania. So that doesn't mean yes. they they don't have to go for the WWE title or the world heavyweight title. You know, for all we know, uh, Kali could go for the divas title. Oh, I see what you're saying. Cause I was going to tell you things that have happened. Cause I was going to tell you, I remember in 2007, remember I told you the story of me and uh, my friend cheering Taker Lashley. Right. Uh, But like, no, you're right. Any championship can be, the friggin' Intercontinental Championship, if you want. Right. Imagine right. that. Having the, exactly. one of the secondary titles headline WrestleMania. Exactly. Oh, man. Because they do talk about it headlining WrestleMania specifically quite uh, quite often. Right, but they never reference as they could go for the WWE title or the World Heavyweight title. Hmm. They just right. say a championship match. That's crazy to me. That really is. So, so you remember back in the... Uh, the if second, the group- uh, I think it was the second season of NXT when uh, when uh, Caval won. You, mm-hmm. know, they, you, you were guaranteed a title match. And didn't he pick an Intercontinental title match yeah. for some reason? He did. He yeah. picked Dolph, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Cruiserweight title had still been around, <gasps> Rey Mysterio could have challenged for the Cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. I would have loved the Cruiserweight. Hey, you know what? As someone that was playing SmackDown versus Raw um, 2006, the one with Cena and Batista on the box... Um, mm-hmm. I was SmackDown, and I would always highlight my cruiserweight action as the main event. Yeah, there you, go. you always loved the Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels cruiserweight match. <laughs> that they qualified as cruiserweights in the game, so right. I would always push that. Um, how much time do we have left in this section? Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds, Bill. Um, tell me about the. Time the great Kali met Carlito outside of the ring. Okay, so there was this one time where Kali and Carlito met outside the ring. They ended up going to a tiki bar somewhere in Puerto Rico. And 
Entries 6 through 10, 6 is Vladimir Kozlov, 7, Triple H, 8, Randy Orton, 9, JTG, 10, Ted DiBiase. And I have during this segment eliminated Kali, MVP, Carlito, and Kozlov. And I'm going to have Bill start the discussion, and Bill already knows that I was furious during this segment. Yeah, because... Um, a certain guy with a big nose came out oh my God. at number seven. Yeah, but you know what? That's not even all of it, Bill. The fact that there is Kozlov came in. And by the way, I forgot how much they tried pushing Kozlov back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he had he had a almost main event match at the Survivor Series like two months prior. Yeah. And then, and then he oh, gets they, like... They were going to go with Kozlov. Oh, yeah. And then he gets, like, the biggest pop of his career when he costs Triple H the WWE title at Armageddon. Because, mm. like, everyone was just hating Triple H at that point. I mean, so I still with hate Kozlov, him now. Right. But when he got involved, Kozlov, he gets, like, the pop of his career. So <laughs> No, so, no, it's not the fact that Triple H came out. It's the fact that, okay, so Kozlov dominating everyone. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. who's going to stop him? Not not an up-and-coming guy. Mm, the best. He's got to yep. come out, and then he, it's him. Of course it's him. Wait, wait. Are you saying that, like, a, an up-and-coming guy should try and stop Kozlov? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kozlov is an up-and-coming guy. How long has he been in the WWE at this point? Six months? Maybe. Well, then have Kozlov beat up Triple H. Either way, the well, point should be Triple H Kozlov is... Over. But it wasn't working. You know, what I got from this whole segment was all of these top shelf like workers coming at Kozlov and Kozlov not being able to look good even with any of that. It was such a relief when he finally got dumped. I couldn't stand the guy from day one. He was just he was bad at everything. Well, except for this one pop that I completely forgot about at Armageddon. Apparently. Right. <laughs> well, that was Triple H. Uh, you know, the fans were happy. Triple H got beat. That had very little to do with anybody could have done that, and they would have gotten that. <laughs> well, then what? Was, then anybody should have. Anyone but Triple H. Anyone did. <laughs> do fucking do J, give JTG the elimination. That's why I say. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think it would have done for JTG and his tag team at the moment, unless they were going to feud him with Kozlov. Speaking of JTG, I did like the idea of the two-sided coin. I thought that was I did too. I did too. That was pretty good. Like, um, it, like it's dumb, but it's fun. It's like <laughs> I can't believe I wrote this down. I must have been really uh, drinking something here to compare these two. I was like, it's dumb but fun, like the Kingdom Hearts Donald Duck and Big Door bit. Oh wow! It's like towards the beginning of the game. For those that don't know the Kingdom Hearts game, it's a, it's a stupid little bit, and that's why I thought like the two sided coin revived him. It's stupid, but it's fun. Um. Wait, what? I get it. I have this note here, and I don't know what it means, guys. Help me. I put, I get it, guys. Everyone is almost out. Oh, that must mean, like, all Everyone, the post elimination. What's up, Doc? <laughs> I said, could you, could you repeat that one more time? I, it cut out for a second. I apologize. No problem. I said, here's my quote, and I'm trying to figure out why I wrote it, wrote it down. I get it, guys. Everyone is almost out. Is like everyone hanging on the ropes trying to like go out, or are the Probably. are the announcers maybe overselling everybody trying to get out of the ring? I'd like to think it's the second one. Yeah, I, I could see that. Jim Ross is great, but he gets a little over enthusiastic 
sometimes at points where they're if the crowd can't match it, then it it seems like you know too much. Uh, and like this rumble in general, not that much is going on. A lot of it, the ring is plenty full, so you get a lot of action. But mm-hmm. you know, not like the two thousand. Uh, like the 2005 rumble where the brands are exploding or some of the latter ones, which are so like minute to minute booked. Mm-hmm. Ironically, we have not done the 2005 one yet. It's right. like one of the uh, only four we haven't done yet. Um, Doc, it's a good time. <laughs> so, well, I hope so. Um, Doc, so what else yeah. do you have as your notes? Um, you know, it's hard to, it's, hard to say you know i didn't have that many notes like all these guys came in mostly i was happy that they dealt with kozlov honestly oh ted dibiase um people thought that ted dibiase was going to be a really big deal and he kind of fizzled out and i I always thought cody had the charisma of like his father and so on um and like that was uh, totally proven to be the case and like they they you know they didn't treat dibiase like anything special here in the rumble he came in he started doing his thing you know but uh important in this segment is both triple h and randy orton come in because both of them were clearly the biggest stars you know orton was uh he had been on top for several years and at this point triple h's time on top was starting to falter you know and the long-term storytelling with those two and everybody surrounding them you know that was really the focus there other than kozlov for some reason Uh, but (laughs) yeah they got rid of they got rid of him pretty quickly Mm. have i mentioned i did not like vladimir kozlov you might have said something about it. Yeah, okay. I just want to make that perfectly clear. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I have to say that or else he's going to find me and stand there while I run into what's supposed to be his head, but it's really just his <laughs> fingertips, huh. which put everybody down for some reason. He's, he's that good, apparently. I don't know what to tell you. No, at wrestling. You know, uh, it's, it's a wonder that Triple H could do anything with him. Bill, how much time do you have... We have a minute 22. Ooh, a bunch of time. All right, so I got to ask Doc something here. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is, what? Oh, keep going. What, keep going. We, okay, all right. I was very confused there. Are we having some, uh, as, as Vince McMahon would say in what, the 1998 Royal Rumble, uh, do we have a problem with the clock or something? <laughs> he, he says something like that. Like, or yeah, it's not that. For the first, like, three entries. All right, anyway, Doc. So before yes. I said to you, what's up? And I said, what's up, Doc? Like, you know, Bugs Bunny. Has ah. anyone ever made that joke with you? Someone had to have, right? Not not as often as you'd think, although it has happened. Has it anyone has happened. really over the top with it and like saying like, what's up, Doc? Anything like that? <laughs> not really. That's <laughs> oh, a shame. No, really, not as often as you think. It is a shame. Like, it's it, if it happened all the time, I'd be ready with a snappy response. Well, yeah, you had a lifetime to, uh, yeah. to think of one. Um, if I Bill, could, that, I could yeah. keep a stock of carrots on me. Yeah. Just pulling them out. Bill, why don't you, as doing your best Bugs Bunny impression, why don't you tell me about Vladimir Kozlov? Damn it. Well, Doc, 11 to 15 now. 11 is Chris Jericho, 12 is Mike Knox, 13 is The Miz, 14 is Finley, and 15 is that young Cody Rhodes kid. Yeah. I have, during this segment, eliminated Miz and Morrison. And uh, I was going to say the discussion starts off with Bugs, but instead I'll say the discussion (laughs) starts off with Doc. (laughs) 
All right. Well, you know, the, the Cody does come in here, but more, uh, more importantly in the segment than Cody. Uh, yeah. So Ms. and Morris and tell do their little thing. Uh, they were, they were a hot act on the rise. So they had to get out immediately to not distract from triple H and Randy Orton. Um, Mike Knox, uh, I always found Mike Knox to be a little underrated, depending on who he was in the ring with. He, he has a pretty good showing for himself here. He is enormous at this point. Um, not necessarily in the most impressive looking way, but uh, I wouldn't want to run into him. I, he looked more convincing to me than Kozlov, uh, <laughs> not to dwell on Kozlov, but like Mike Knox looked like a dangerous man. And I think that that's important to portray, you know, if it, what you're going to do is stand there, you're, you want people to not want to come up to you. You're going to go over to them. Right. And uh, that's what I get for Mike Knox. Um, so uh, piggybacking off that uh, for Mike Knox, I put on my notes, Knox is still around in 2009. Right. Oh, yeah. I also oh, have. They, they were getting ready to give him a new cool gimmick and then immediately fire him. <laughs> I also have that Jericho goes right after Orton for not joining AEW. <laughs> Uh, we got Miz Hoorah, uh, and we have, oh, God. You know what? I'm going to pass it off the bill before I continue. Go ahead. Okay. There's more Hunter's uh, ancient stuff. Something that I just had a running joke with throughout this match is feet. Um, JR mentions a few times, oh, the referee's looking for the feet. He's looking for the feet to touch the floor. And there's, like, one point where it's like, oh, the referee found feet. He found feet. <laughs> Um, but no, one, <laughs> Under one, the ring, right? Mm-hmm. One note that I have here, the big names are out early. Mysterio, Triple H, Orton, Jericho. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll continue that in the next segment because there's going to be a huge name that comes out in the next segment. But that was really surprising that they brought the big names out so early early in this match usually they save them till about the middle or towards the end yeah they put these guys out early well they don't really do a a thing in the middle of this rumble that they often do where somebody comes in and just clears the ring of everyone Mm -hmm. so as long as they're not going to do that why not have the star power in the ring most of the time Mm. you know yeah. Whereas if you're going to do a thing halfway through the rumble where somebody comes in and clears the ring, you got to have the, the players that mean something come in after that. Right. Uh, and then also I have a note here about the RKO fest. Oh. <laughs> RKOs. But guess who Not we a good way to by. blow someone out. Guess who we stopped by. <laughs> Best. Oh, also I have a Jim Ross quote here. The game just eliminated the tag team champions. <laughs> Best. Oh yeah. But because oh, he eliminated yes, the tag yeah. team champions, Ray actually used Miz and Morrison to stay in the match. Yes, which was smart. I liked it that. Was. Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, that was before Kofi would do a crazy spot like that every year. Jr. had another line like in this segment when he hits the pedigree on Orton. He's like, "Triple H is checking Randy Orton's pedigree." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and if you guys thought his commentary today was something, check out from ten years ago. Right. <laughs> um, well, oh, the Triple H hate is a. Uh, I, I am. I do remember how thick the Triple H hate was. His whole run on top. 
which is, you know, of course, why he stayed on top. Almost nobody else actually elicited an emotional reaction negatively. Uh, you know, it's, the problem with the age of the cool heel is that everyone likes everyone. Well, and you know, if you he, like everyone, you know, well, you people know, really he, hate Triple H. Well, you know, he also stayed on top of Stephanie McMahon. Right, there, you go. there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I have this note. When Cody comes out, he comes out to DiBiase's theme, and mm-hmm. his Titan Tron DiBiase says priceless. I wrote, Cody is elite, not priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is a good time to point out that this is where they're trying to tell this story of um, that. Well, we know that at that time, Cody, DiBiase, and, um, and Orton were all a team, but like now they're really starting yeah. to work as a team in this actual Rumble. And considering. Orton drew an early number. He drew number yeah. eight. So that's how they're kind of explaining how he's still in. That story's starting to be told now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's one of the big threads through all of this. Yeah, they all got early. Like, Orton got eight. DiBiase got ten. Cody's in the middle at 15. So they got some early numbers in there. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, on the next segment, I think we're going to talk about the rest of the show real quick. Yeah. Uh, because so, uh, that's yeah. where we'll reveal what happened with Jeff Hardy. <gasps> Exciting. Uh-oh. Um, I think it was Finley. That's my new guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put anything past that guy. Hey, I mean, as long as he has that shillelagh, you know, un- unless the refs took it away from him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Why Would did you they guys do it? check out the 07 Rumble? There's a lot of, there's a lot of hype on this 07 Rumble. I, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, Khalid not knowing how to eliminate Shillelagh, take it away, you know. And for an actual, if you want a wrestling reason why you should check out 2007's uh, episode, I think that was the one where we said, like, it's one of the best, like, Final Four. Yeah, we did. So, um, how much time do we have, Flip Bill? 50 seconds. 50 seconds. Right. Let's see. Um, what do you think Mike so Knox is doing? So the Rumble's about half over. Yes. We think Mike Knox. Uh, Mike is doing Knox well. now. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking around the Southern Indies, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Star- staring at non-medical pictures of teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I was> probably <laughs> wondering what. <laughs> probably wondering how he blew his chances with Kelly Kelly. Mm. Oh boy. Probably, probably. Well, I, I think that was that was well documented on the first few months of ECW. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 16 through 20 now. 16, The Undertaker. 17, Goldust. 18, CM Punk. 19, Mark Henry, 20, Shelton Benjamin. I have during this segment eliminated, sadly, JTG and Goldust. Um, More sadly to JTG, by the way. Yes, Um, yes, yes. So let's talk about the rest of the card. All right. First off, were there any qualifying matches in this event? Not that I know of. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, those are always good. Yeah, they, they can be, depending on, you know, who it is. Um, My favorite is still 2006, I believe. I'm almost sure it's the one where 
Sylvain Grenier qualified on velocity to get velocity. in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had we had a dark match. Jimmy Wang Yang defeated Paul Virgil. Okay. Was, was he uh, Pirate Paul? Yeah, I think he was at this time. Yeah, uh, I wonder. I wonder why they dropped that. It was getting over. Mm-hmm. Was he? Was he? Oh, I don't remember. It was only because like it coincided with the parts of the Caribbean. It's a Caribbean, and he actually had something. Yeah, it was very. It was very topical. You know, one of the things that I like to say uh, pretty often uh, on my own podcast. You know, wrestling has worked the best when it is in tune with the culture around it. Yeah. Uh, the WWE is at its worst when it's behind the times yes. or when it doesn't read what's happening in the culture. Whereas the WWE has been its most popular, you know, in the mid eighties when we partnered with MTV and in the late nineties when it tuned into like the X with a bunch of X's extreme culture that was riding the wave of everything kind of at the time. And then they held on to that for way too long, uh, way past anybody else really wanted it. And you know, the numbers reflect that. Um, all right. Jack Swagger successfully defended the ECW title, beating Matt Hardy. Melina defeated Beth Phoenix to win the women's title. John Cena defeated JBL to stay the world heavyweight champion. And in a no disqualification match, Edge defeated Jeff Hardy to win the WWE title with help from uh-uh. Hardy. Wait, that's Hagen? Matt Hardy. Oh, so, so he wanted to kill his own brother? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, on the January 30th episode of SmackDown, Matt Hardy proclaimed that he had no remorse about smashing his brother Jeff in the head and costing him the WWE title. He then told the WWE Universe that he no longer considered Jeff a partner or a sibling. Mm. Wait a minute. How did, yeah, he, but how, did he get, how did he get access to the pyro? Well, anybody could just go up to the board and hit the buttons. Didn't you see the segment with Eugene where he just did that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, there's no security check, and it's just a big red button that says pyro. Yep. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. Right, just right in the open, like, oh, don't. there's nothing dangerous <laughs> about hitting these buttons in general. Yeah. Uh, Doc, you want to add anything on for the rest of the card here? Uh, the rest of the card, I don't know, not not really. Uh, JBL and John Cena always had a good match, if you like that kind of thing. Um, they, they had had several over the years at this point. Uh, Jack Swagger as ECW champion. Like ECW wasn't as bad of a show as people give, uh, give it, but um, it wasn't that good of a show either. <laughs> I agree with you. I, think the, I always said the main problem there is that it was called ECW. He called it something yeah. else, it wouldn't be, people wouldn't like be against it so much. If they had changed it to NXT years before they did. Because the first six weeks of the new ECW was kind of great. But then it becomes like half the show is Test and Bob Holly. And I don't want to see Test or Bob Holly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, that's especially not in ECW. Come on. Come on. Um, and, And they didn't understand and just go with CM Punk. That's I think that's a longer problem that they had for years is that they didn't understand that like they could have just gone with CM Punk at any given point. Yeah. He was current. He was the culture around them, and he could have helped that way before they decided to. Uh, they just made him the face of the EC because if ECW were still around, he would have been the face of ECW in the yeah. early two thousand. 
Mm-hmm. I like I, I don't think that I don't think that's a controversial statement to make. No. You know, uh, if, if Ring of Honor would not have happened, him and Samoa Joe and half of them would have become big stars in ECW, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do have a you know a few things to say about the the Rumble segment while we still have some time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I don't think this, we have much. But this is the segment where, well, this is the segment where Cody and Goldust face off, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was uh, you know that was another thing they could have done better with, because as soon as they lock eyes, the crowd is like, oh, this is gonna be good, and it's like the paint disappears, and they're just brothers staring at each other, ready to go, and they go, you know, Cody looks so young, <laughs> not that he looks old these days, but he was so young. And I'm sure I'm pretty sure this was the hashtag not my gold dust, where I don't think he's yeah. touching himself. He's not yeah. touching himself yeah. here, so. Um, and then I wrote a dead because it was know, just his, his gimmick. Yeah, like, God, like come on, rub yourself already. Jeez, all right. Um, yeah. A decade of Benjamin, and then I put it's all about the Benjamins. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Like the song. Right, right. Okay, come well, I, guess. I thought we'd get a pity. Puffy and the fam. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I have for this, which is probably why it was like, hey, let's talk about the rest of the card. <laughs> Bill, oh, what wow. do you have and how much do you have on this? I'm surprised because you missed an important moment in this match. Did I? Oh, okay. CM Punk hit the go to sleep on Triple H. But did he eliminate him? No. See, that's why it was important to me. <laughs> um, oh, um, Mark Henry was led out to the <laughs> ring by Tony yeah. Adams. Oh, it's amazing. I have not met anybody in years who still hates Triple H. Like it was nine, like it was two thousand and seven or something. I will stop like, eating when he retires. <laughs> right, anyway. I doubt that because no, if you have it by now, you know. No, it's with true. the amount because, of people because, like, because I stopped hating on Goldberg, then he came back. If they're out of if they're out of if they're out of sight, they're out of mind. But he always comes back. Triple H. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. Um, oh Mark Henry, he wants to do it. Mark Henry is led to the ring by Tony Atlas, the master of feet. For those who don't know that rumor, uh, please go look it up. It's pretty weird. Why wouldn't you just be part of the or feet watch, segment earlier? Because I wanted to save that part. Because Tony Atlas loves feet. Now, wait, hold on a second. Th- isn't this the proof now that we have that managers weren't allowed because he was the only manager, I, I think, right, of everyone that came out. We're counting down. Yeah, a oh, bunch okay. of managers came out half down the aisle, and then they went back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, he took, like, a few steps, and then he went to the back. Uh, what are we at? 21 through 25 now. 21, William Regal. 22, Kofi Kingston. 23, Kane. 24, R-Truth. 25, Rob Van Dam. I have during this segment eliminated Henry and Regal. And you know the first thing I'm going to say, you're making me crazy, Kofi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Kofi Kingston was still doing the, uh, the, the accent at this point. Oh, he was so much better then. My God, he, the better theme, so everything was so much better. He did have one of the better that song themes. was very good, yes. Um, let's start this. Uh, but he wasn't really Jamaican. But, okay, I mean... Vince McMahon but, just saw a guy with dreadlocks, and he was like, yeah, you're Jamaican, right? It's like, I no, mean, it's, it's called yeah. a gimmick. You, not everyone can be that. Yeah, no, I know, I know what it is. <laughs> um, Bill, what do you got? Okay. 
we have, or I have, a missed elimination. Because we see Mark Henry on the floor. And Jim Ross is even asking if Mark Henry got eliminated <laughs> from the match. And then we get uh, a replay and we do see Mark Henry getting eliminated. So whatever we were watching at the time was so important that we missed Mark Henry getting eliminated from the match. Bill, so this poses a very important question then. Mm -hmm. Now, who do you think had the least care according to how they presented it for elimination? Mark Henry, which is this year, obviously, or the 2002 Royal Rumble Diamond Dallas Page? Oh. Now, for those that don't remember, and Doc, do you remember this at all with the Diamond Dallas Page elimination? Not off the top of my head. Uh, You wouldn't because... so. What happened was the Godfather <laughs> came out with his ho- with the hose. Yeah, right? the hose meter. Uh, the hose meter, yes. And the hose meter broke that night. There was a, let's put it this way: there was a lot of hose, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, the announcer, one of the announcers, is like, "Diamond Dallas Page is eliminated." We never see a replay. Not yeah. even recognized. Really. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I'm gonna say. DDP's is worse because at least with Mark Henry, he had like another five, six year run with the company and he did stuff Mm -hmm. with DDP. He's gone by like the end of the year or so. Well, I'm also going to vote for DDP as well because for Mark Henry, I I feel like it was more of a production error. Whereas 2002, they clearly were like, no, you care about the hose. You don't care about Diamond Dallas Page. Like, that was a production shot. Yeah. So, okay, so Diamond Dallas Page is still the winner so far of that. Yeah, still the winner. Um, Oh, okay. There is an awkward moment during this match. And this, you guys have to really think back on this one, and I'll explain why in a minute. At one point, Triple H is laying on top of our truth where Triple H's face is into R-Truth's crotch and vice versa. (laughs) And it made me think to that episode of Raw in 2000 when Triple H got hit with the steel chair and fell onto Trish Stratus. This was more awkward, though. But was it more awkward than the 2006 Raw Rumble where Viscera fucks Matt Hardy? (laughs) Nothing can beat that. Good God. Listen to the 2006 Royal Rumble uh, for more information on that one. That That's why Matt Hardy went broken. You know what's funny, too, is I love the fact as we talked... Oh, my God, I can't believe we're bringing it up again. As we talked about in the 2007 Royal Rumble, <laughs> they actually remembered that from the 2006 Royal Rumble because they say something about it. Basically. Oh, <laughs> Michael. Um, that's okay. rare for them to remember things. <laughs> Like, everything is always, like, new that day to them, which is a problem sometimes. Oh, definitely agree there. A lot hey, of wrestlers are in the ring. Hey, guess what RVD has? What? Educated feet. Oh, my God. He does. <laughs> yeah, so Rob Van Dam comes out and gets a massive reaction. He'd been he gone for a while. Thank he, you. He was clearly the free agent in wrestling, and... 
And uh, yeah, and this was he wasn't back at this point. This he just did the rumble. Am I right about that? I was gonna answer. Yeah. Well, I didn't even wasn't sure if he actually was returning. And I was like, I'll just I'll just ask Bill. He'll tell me. Because uh, yeah, I don't I remember. Think, I think he did. Was did he have a match at Wrestle? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up if he I had think this was the time he was. I think this was the time he was just in the rumble. Like by by the next year, he'd be in TNA. Right. Right. And then he had his uh, he had. His, other comeback like a couple of like a few months at a time comebacks a couple of years after that where it was like it was starting to be over you know mm-hmm. it started to be like instead of i can't believe how high he got on the frog splash it was like man i, I can't believe he made it that far on the frog splash <laughs> <laughs> um when did the undertaker get busted open i feel that's like that's what i was trying to figure out i feel like all of a sudden he had been just- Wrestling for 15 minutes and wasn't bleeding, so he just started punching himself in the face until it happened. <laughs> right. It's an instinctual thing. Uh, I also yeah, put Dick Murdoch used to do it. Dick Murdoch, you mean one of the stars of the 1996 Royal Rumble? Yes, yes. With Doing those crawling headbutts. The crawling headbutts and the airplane spin. Yes. Or as Jerry Lawler called him, Dickie Murdoch. Yep, Dickie Murdoch. Or was it Lawler? Wait. Yeah, it was Lawler. It was Lawler. I couldn't remember. Yes. Okay. Now, Lawler was very excited to see him. Uh, there was a lot of wrestlers in the ring. And then I oh. wrote, being in a, a ring this full must, and I'm actually not joking about this. I really am curious if it feels the same way. Yeah. It has to be equivalent to, like, being in a crowded elevator. Right? Yeah, yeah. like, sort of. It, it can get very dangerous if you're in, like, a battle royal with a lot of different people. Like, you have to... It's, it's a difficult task for a wrestler because you have to always look like you're fighting as hard as you can, but you also have to be careful not to hurt yourself and anybody else just by doing basic stuff like falling over and rearing back for a punch. You can't just elbow somebody in the back of the head. Like, it's all very, uh, yeah, it is difficult. And even though they're not necessarily pressed next to each other, a crowded elevator is a pretty good way to put it because you have yeah. to really be aware of all the other bodies in the ring. Mm-hmm. I just I, I just don't know if, I know, obviously, look, I'm not, a trained wrestler and I don't have any intentions to be, but if I was, I'd be yeah. like super nervous. I think in battle rules because like, Oh, I don't want to hit someone by accident. And like, it's really weird. Well, and the main thing is if you're, if you're in a battle Royal, just don't take any bumps. Cause someone's going to step on you and don't, don't think this is the time to do your cool move. It's not. All right, now we're into the last group of five. 26, D. Brian Kendrick. 27, Dolph Ziggler. 28, Santino Morella. 29, Jim Duggan. And number 30, The Big Show. And I have during this segment leading into the final four. Oh, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kingston, Kendrick, Ziggler, Morella. Duggan, Truth, Punk, Mysterio, Knox, Finley, RVD, Jericho, Kane, Big Show, and Undertaker. And I'll start the discussion because I started singing, he's the man with the plan. And then I was like, no, but he almost immediately got out because of it. Like, I feel like he had a very short time for the, the Brian Kendrick, I mean, of course. Um, I forgot how much I liked the man with the plan. Yeah, he was so hot at that time. Um, oh, and I also, of course, have, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so fucking tired of Ziggler at this point. <laughs> oh, he'd only stick around another ten years. 
Yep. Well, Academy. with all the Royal Rumbles we've done, I'm hoping this is with only like four or five left. I'm hoping this is one of the last times I got to talk about him. <laughs> It'll probably be in uh, fucking Ziggler. 2020 Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> Ziggler is such an interesting case. Like, he's proof that you can do a- any of the moves, and it doesn't really matter <laughs> if you don't really know how to, how to piece them together and how to make the crowd care about them, you know? It's, it, even though like wrestling is what it is, it's not just an exhibition of moves, and that's one of Ziggler's problems. I would say Ziggler has to be in the. And Bill, I'm asking you this more than Doc. Um, okay. That Ziggler has to be in the top five of people we talked about the most during the duration of this podcast. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, so done. Uh, <laughs> what do you got, Bill? Um. Oh, we oh, let's talk about the moment. Yes, the moment of the of this match, as I jokingly wrote, this yeah. is the rumble where Santino Morello gets eliminated in one second, which I I still to this day don't think is humanly possible, but it is. Hey, he wasn't ready. <laughs> He's he number twenty-eight. How could you not be ready? <laughs> He wasn't ready. He was distracted. He sneezed right before he came out, and I don't know. He wasn't ready. Oh, well, but no, know. you're right. And to your to your point, they've tried to break that record. Like they tried to have like Titus O'Neil do it, and the timing was off. And so he ended up getting eliminated in like four seconds. Do you remember that? Did you guys cover that? Not t- yet. Which one is this? I'm sorry, said it again. I'm not sure which Rumble this is in. But in one rumble, Titus O'Neil comes in and tries to do the immediate clothesline over the top to break the record. And he starts going a little bit like after or before he gets clotheslined. So the momentum isn't right. And he just stays in the ring and then he goes over. So instead of breaking the record and it being a notable moment, Titus O'Neil just sucks. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the story of his career in general. It sounds like a fantastic dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charity work, you know, for good for the kids. Bad wrestler. (laughs) Right. Um, no, we talked a lot about him hiding, not hiding, um, sliding, sliding into the ring on the Greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble. Check that in the archives. Uh, um, but who could who could forget those? So he never bring you back to all the people that were out really quick, and especially the one that no one seems to give any credit to, even though I thought he was great. Mo from Men on a Mission. Oh what, yeah, what a moment that was! Wow. I know. How come we never discuss <laughs> that moment? Never right. gets discussed every year for the Royal Rumble. It should because I don't know they have a problem with men on a mission. I have no idea why. Look, uh, I know early '90s rap really wasn't the best at that time, but it gets better. <laughs> um, at this point, I've lost count of how many people are in the ring. This might be the rec- This might be the Rumble where they have the most guys ever in one ring at one time. I agree. Yeah, they definitely make it a point to keep the ring full in this rumble. Because my next note, when Big Show enters, is, oh, there's 500 people left in the match. Mm. (laughs) Which is is very, you know, very believable. I also have what I'm interested in looking at the Santino spot. Lawler thinks, and I'm not saying he's wrong here because... Quite frankly, we never really got a clarification on this. Lawler thinks the time starts when you enter the ring. Right. For the Santino spot. And we've gone over, Bill, how in the beginning, when it was still the Warlord's record, 
Mm-hmm. Well, do they count when you enter the ring, or do they count when the buzzer hits and you get from the ring to the ring? Uh, from, yeah. from the back to the ring. Because Warlord the... would definitely would have been before Santino have that record. But if you counted from the back to the ring, then you might have to go. Well, actually, you might have to go with Mo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it's the back to the ring, it would definitely. Definitely be Mo because he sprints. He just goes right for it and right over. Yeah, because the war, the warlord definitely slow. The bushwhacker Luke is not the quickest, but he's not as slow as the warlord. Right. But Mo had a nice speed, so yeah. That that yeah. maybe because I know Jim, you and I in the past we've talked about what we think are some of the bigot bigot some of the bigot inconsistencies. Biggest inconsistencies. This is one of them. This might, to yeah. me, this might be my biggest one. Mm. It's like, when do you officially start the time right. for that guy? Is it when he enters the ring? Is it when he goes through the curtain? Is it when he's in ring, at ringside? When is it? Right. And that's never been explained in 30 years. Right. Doc, what do you think? I what think, do you think it is? I think by now it's when you get in the ring. I think by now it is. They may have thought from the buzzer beforehand, but when they do, they're like... When they talk about the records and it's like one second, that's from when you get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bennett is also has a short time, if I'm not mistaken, but maybe I'm wrong. Also yeah. from the greatest Royal Rumble. Again, plug for that one. Mm. Uh, what um, do I have here? I love how Duggan is still over in 2009. Oh, he's always going to be. Uh, he, he wants the, Duggan's of- face is carved on Mount perpetually over. You know, there's nothing you can do to make people not love Jim Duggan. He wa- he wants some of the Undertaker. Um, it made me wonder. Uh, well, no, it made me write down that I felt that Duggan retired at the right time, and the Undertaker did not. Jim Duggan is absolutely one of the nicest wrestlers you will ever meet. He seems your- like a nice guy. Oh my god, he is so nice. Like when I met him. Uh, at WrestleCon, the the year that they had WrestleMania in New Jersey the first time, mm-hmm. he was the first guy I went to, and he actually had a conversation with me. I'm like, holy shit, I'm having a conversation with Jim Duggan. So he says, <laughs> he's like, he's like, hello, what's your name? I'm my name's Bill. How you doing, Bill? I'm good. <laughs> Are you going to the Hall of Fame tonight, Billy? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to the Hall of Fame tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, love oh, that's that, great. I love that he had to tell you he's going to the Hall of Fame. I know. I'm like, that's awesome. Can you tell Bruno I said hi? Oh my God. <laughs> I should have had him do that. That would have been pretty funny. Also, <laughs> Bruno, Bruno gets on, on the stage and is like, oh, and by the way, I want to say a shout out to. Um, Bill? No, no, he would say to Billy. And for that. Mr. Duggan told me to yell and give a <laughs> shout out to. That would probably be, for me, that would probably be the best moment in the whole of the Hall of Fame history. <laughs> Damn, I should have done that's that. What I, that's what I want in my whole. You know, that's what I, I don't think much about the WWE Hall of Fame. That's what right. I want out of it now. I want it to be wrestlers literally thanking, giving messages from random fans to other random fans. That's what I want. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they do have that service where you can 
you know, pay money to have them do like a video message for someone for like their birthday or something. So maybe they could do that for the Hall of Fame. Mm, okay. That's something to consider. What's Nails doing? Um, <laughs> Hornswoggle um, runs in. <laughs> of course he does. He under the ring the whole time. Yeah. Because he did come out, but did he ever go back? No, he was. I think he was under the ring the whole time. Uh, well, he came out with Finley. Yes. But then he went back to the back, so they had to stealth him under the ring. Oh, I see what you guys are saying. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Right. Yeah, they're, they're good. <laughs> yeah, some real uh, David Copperfield stuff right there. Oh, my gosh. Right? Jim? Yeah. Nails has a website. Wait, who has a website? Nails. <gasps> Let's get let's get a hold of him. Let's have Nails on for the finale show when we're done. With this. <laughs> the man that's the man that's hey, you know what? He's impartial. He's never been. I don't think he's been in a rumble match. No, never has. So he been. is impartial, and he will help no, us evaluate. So. He will help us evaluate all aspects of the Royal Rumble. What kind of website name is this? and <laughs> Club. Wow. Bill, why don't you read off so people listening can hear the website for this? this okay, if you, want website visit, name. if you want to visit the webs, or the Nails website, it is Nails, N-A-I-L-Z, 902714.com. <laughs> why the numbers? Why are the numbers there? Oh, oh you know why? Because that was, that was on the back of his... Um, Oh, uh, that was okay. a prisoner now. I take it back. It's very. I'm clever. scrolling down, looking for a looking for a stamp saying this was designed in 2004 or something. But no, copyright 2019. Nails, Kevin Wachholz. Nails you. is a registered trademark of Kevin Wachholz. That's incredible. There it is. Nails for the WWE Hall of Fame. Maybe I'll watch if that happens. <laughs> I heavily doubt they will put nails in the WWE. UB Hall of Fame, but yeah, I'd watch if that happens a too. Big, maybe. Well, I mean, I, yeah. We'll he see. did physically attack Vince. Vince McMahon. You know yes. what? You know what? I want hit. You know what? I'll increase that maybe if he's the sole member of the class. <laughs> then I'd be down for it. Uh, okay, so we're at. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we move into the final four? Mm, oh, well, no. the big show, you know, number thirty comes on out. <laughs> And everything stops. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ring is full of guys, and everyone looks at the big show like, oh, man, it's time for, for people to start getting flung out. And, you know, it was a pretty good moment. The big show was very slow at this point. But I don't think all the guys that had been in there for 40 minutes were complaining that the big show was taking his time while they could all stop and catch the breath. Right. Um, and I just thought that was a good Rumble entrance moment. You know, like, who's number 30, right? Yeah, you could deduce it half the time, but only if you're keeping a list and, you know, aren't actually watching the show. Mm. Um, so it's, a, it's always a surprise, at least somewhat. Yeah. Unless it's the biggest star in the company that you've been waiting for. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, also, the yeah, the, so anyway, we got the final four here. It's DiBiase versus Rose versus Orton versus Triple H. Uh, Triple H eliminates DiBiase. Uh, sorry, Triple H eliminates Rhodes. That becomes Triple H versus Orton as the final two. Orton eliminates Triple H for the win. 
Randy Orton wins. Do you have guys have anything to say about the final four um, before we move on to the aftermath? Oh yeah, yeah. The um, the story <clears throat> for the whole time had been, you know, Orton had both of his guys with them, and it wasn't as ham-fistedly told as they could do, where they had been just eliminating everybody because they weren't. Right. Uh, they had just stuck together, you know, until it came down to all of Legacy versus Triple H. Mm-hmm. And Triple H couldn't overcome all of them. And Randy Orton, of course, the objective was for Randy to win anyway. And they didn't do the thing where he had to, like, stare down his charges when only them were left. No, they were they threw themselves in front of Triple H. Who Triple H'd them right out of the ring, and then Orton won. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you were a fan of Triple H, you were pissed at Orton. Um, otherwise, like, it was just a, a very standard, well-done heel act, but... I don't know. It didn't charge my batteries at the time, and it still doesn't, honestly. Uh, this know. rumble in, in general was just kind of kind of there, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we got it right before most people, or I, I say most people remember it, but sometimes I question, like, do we remember it because we really remember it, or is it sometimes we remember certain moments because that is what we're pushed upon as wrestling fans in video exactly. packages? So exactly. like so, huh. what people get from this one is that Santino Morella's short elimination. Mm-hmm. No one really it's remembers pretty... the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? You remember Rob Van Dam's pop coming on out, and uh, that's about it. My last note, jokingly, I wrote Randy Orton can challenge for the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. That would have been great. In fact, <laughs> I, I would say it would have been better than what we got. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into that now? Yes, we are now on the aftermath. Okay. Did Randy Orton right. go to WrestleMania, uh, fight for the championship in the main event, and win the championship? All right, so here's what happened. Here we go. After winning the Royal Rumble, Randy Orton starts... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He reveals that he has IED. Oh, my God, how could what? I forget that? Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I don't even. What are you talking? I, I, I intermittent says, explosive disorder to explain his bouts of anger. Right. Oh, yeah. I thought I everybody was, I know with real mental illnesses loved that. By the way. Oh yeah, I know. I, I thought then when you said IED, I thought it was like something that had to do with lights. Like, no, that's, that's LED. LED. No, not like. Doesn't some people more like sensitive to certain type of lights, and that like actually there, hurts them? There might be. Anyway, go ahead. All right, All right. IED. Hopefully, he's getting treated for it today. Okay, great. Right. Go ahead. So he ends up going like the feud with the McMahons continues because Shane McMahon returns that night after the Rumble. To face Randy Orton. So it takes Orton over a month before he decides who he's going to challenge for. Can I I stop you right there for a second? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we never really brought this up, Bill. And I think now that we only have a handful of Royal Rumbles left, it's Mm -hmm. kind of good to point out in this evaluation podcast. There's no consistent rule to that either of when... You have to call your shot. Yeah, that's true. It took that's a month true. for this one, but in the 2018 Men's Royal Rumble, it was right there immediately after. Correct. That. 
and 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 it's not like friggin' um, Shinsuke Nakamura had to was was talking with Vince McMahon. It was Renee Young, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So I feel like he could have actually said, "I don't want to pick yet," Mm -hmm. and nothing would have happened to him, really. Right. That's right. So Uh, can I can I mention something right at the end of this rumble here? Uh, So Orton wins. Uh, as far as the aftermath, and I remember noticing this at the time, because the the ending is kind of like it's very long, you know, with him standing in the ring, and he's standing there, he's pointing at the WrestleMania sign, and he's pointing at the sign, and he's pointing at the sign, and he does his pose, and he like kind of moves towards the hard cam and points at the sign, and he looks a little confused, and they they kind of take the camera off of him, and you can sort of see a producer running up to him, like the corner, and they realize he was supposed to go to the corner and point at the sign so they could get the one lined up shot of him on the turnbuckle with the right. sign in the back. And as soon as they got the right shot, that's when they set off the fireworks. Cause mm. Orton had been standing in the ring waiting for the fireworks to go off, pointing and pointing like, why, why isn't the fireworks happening? Mm-hmm. And they had to tell him over in the corner, go to the corner. And then they cut the, uh, the feed. That was the last shot. That's and, right. Uh, this that's kind of stuff. Like I always notice. it's like, that's, you know, cause he just was, he probably, forgot he had just been in the ring for 45 minutes right. you know he was one of the first not one of the first guys in but he was in the first half you know he, he was, was in the single stuff. digits yeah um doc did you put up uh something that i would like to discuss and again sorry doc that this i mean you could chime in but it might be something that bill knows a bit more about since we've been doing these royal rumbles when did they start the pointing at the sign thing I couldn't tell you an exact year. I know, but that's why we're trying to go. We're trying to. I'm gonna. I like to try to backtrack real quick to see. So obviously they're doing it here. So it's 2009. They did it for Ray, I believe, in 2006. They did it for Cena. They 100% did not do it for like Austin. So we are looking at everything passing between 99 and 2006 now. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it with. Triple H in 2002, so now we're at 2002 to 2006. I'm wondering if it's 2005 for some reason, which we Maybe. haven't done, by the way. Right. Well, uh, just have to watch the end of 04 yeah. and 05. Yeah, we will. Well, 04 we did already, and 04 yeah. was who was Benoit. Benoit. I don't think they did it with Benoit. I don't, think- I don't remember that at all. Okay, to be continued. We'll figure it out uh, maybe yeah. in the next, within the next two episodes. Yes. All right. All right. Continue on so, with the Age of Orton. Go ahead. Yes, with the Age of Orton. After a month, he originally decides to challenge Edge for the World Heavyweight title. Good, done. That's wrestling. Magic. However, Triple H comes out. Oh, my God. On, yeah, because... Randy Orton had been, you know, had hit the DDT on Stephanie McMahon, which pretty much, and he Triple H says stuff, and he provokes Randy Orton to take him, meaning Triple H, for his title at WrestleMania, which he does, and Randy Orton main events WrestleMania 25 against Triple H. Now, before the match, there was a stipulation added a few weeks prior where had Triple H been counted out or disqualified 
Randy Orton would have won the title. And Triple H pins Randy Orton to stay WWE champion. Mm. Because I... Now, now, okay. I gotta ask you guys, thinking back, were you thinking Randy Orton is absolutely going to win the title once that stipulation got put in? Because I thought he would. I remember it being that Orton was the hot thing then, and that, like... Oh, he's definitely winning at WrestleMania. I don't think it was the stipulation that made made everyone think it. I think it was just that he had the hot hand at that time. Yeah. That's what I remember. I mean, again, this is 10 years ago. I remember there was a right. big thing about the age war in and all that stuff. Um, that being said, I, I want to back... After Doc gives his response, I do want to backtrack on something yep. of something you said. So, Doc, why don't you chime in on what Bill asked first? Oh, about uh, if I thought Orton was going to win the title at Mania or not? Mm -hmm. Specifically because of the stipulation? I mean, Uh, I don't know. I I can't remember exactly what I was thinking at the time. I thought the stipulation was kind of dumb. I thought that the whole point of stipulations was to escalate matches. And because they wrestled more or less the same match they were going to wrestle anyway, just with fewer chair shots, which was the long plotting Triple H main event match, which can be good with somebody who compliments him better than Randy Orton. Um, so I don't know who I thought was going to win. I think I cared about everything else on the card more, not that I can think of that off the top of my head. Um, I was definitely watching religiously, which tells you how how uh, nothing the kind of time was. Um, it's not like I wasn't paying attention. I was very much paying attention. But, man, the Orton Triple H stuff, kind of like the Orton John Cena stuff, just never really did it for me when they were all together. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they, they never had the fireworks, so... I just wasn't that invested in it. I guess I presumed Triple H was just going to win. Because when Triple H lost, it was usually like for a really good reason, and Orton wasn't that good of a reason. But obviously he was, because he's a still a big star today. So, the I will say this. The one thing I do remember, because this would have been WrestleMania 25, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I'm kind of with you, Doc, and like, what do you really remember from that show? The one, you know, the biggest thing right. I remember from is... Being mad that they called it the 25th anniversary. Anniversary of WrestleMania. And that's yeah, the thing right. I remember the most. Because it was, it was the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. Right. All right. I want to backtrack a little bit, Bill, because we brought up uh-huh. something earlier that I think needs to be brought up again with, my, with this new information. Because you said at first Randy Orton chose Edge, right? Yeah. You can change your mind. I guess. No, you can't. You're you're not supposed to be able to do that again, as we just talked about with, well, when do you have to say it? And then once you say it, that should be official. So I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, we asked management that they were dead. That's all. But we have no proof of that. We have no mm-hmm. proof that that, unless I'm missing an episode or segment of Raw, um, I don't have any proof of that. So. Oh, it's poor storytelling. Don't. Don't get me wrong. I just right. think it's realistic, having had jobs, that he would have gone to whoever his supervisor is and was like, hey, can we switch this? And his supervisor was like, I got to check with upper management. And then they checked it all out. Right. Except none of that happened on camera, which made it poor storytelling. Well, this is going to sound really not. I don't know how this is going to sound. OK, yeah. so I understand, Doc, what your your point is here. But yeah. in this world of the WWE, 
it's not they're supposed to be acted like it's two brands so yeah what I'm, I, I'm and I'm not trying to say anything on you I'm just trying to figure out the best way to say this it right, wouldn't yeah. be equivalent because that would be like if you were at one job you're like no I, I changed my mind it's like if you accepted a job uh, a, a job position at a company but then the other jobs like oh no I got a better offer for you but you already said yes to the first job offer I don't think the first boss, first job offers, going to be take very kindly to that. They certainly wouldn't be happy. That's for sure. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying because I get what you're saying. The way the, oh. the way the brand split is structured, though, is that it's always clearly had the corporate structure of the WWE itself above both brands. So I could see whoever the general manager of SmackDown is cursing oh. their bosses like at the bar to their buddies, like they took Orton away from us, man. What what happened? I wonder who that right. was. Who hold was on. that at this time? Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry to interrupt. I yeah. found exactly what happened. Oh my god! Okay. And this is from this is from the history of WWE.com. Okay. Fine. So this bet. so this happens on the March second episode of Raw. It includes an in-ring segment, which Orton with Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes. Security and his lawyers issued a challenge to the winner of the Edge versus Cena match later in the night. Orton then said WWE Champion Triple H wouldn't be going to WrestleMania. He would be going to jail for his assault the previous week. That wasn't the one at the house. Uh -uh. Anyway, moments later, Triple H appeared with Orton's security, then blocking him from Orton. Orton eventually waved off the security after Triple H dropped his sledgehammer and Triple H was allowed into the ring. Triple H then brought up his turning on Orton in 2004 after Orton won the World Heavyweight title and eventually took the belt from Orton. He then said Orton was the same scared little boy he was in Evolution. All the talent in the world, but gutless. Triple H was then grabbed by the security until Orton told him to let him go and then said he changed his mind and now wanted to face Triple H at WrestleMania. Orton then said Triple H couldn't touch him before WrestleMania or he would be in jail at the time of the pay-per-view. After Triple H left the ring, Orton talked about how much he enjoyed kicking Vince and Shane in the head and dropping Stephanie with the RKO. Triple H then climbed back in the ring and went nose-to-nose with Orton, with Triple H saying he broke Orton's collarbone the last time they fought, and now he planned to break his neck. (laughs) Okay. So, what I'm getting from that is he wanted the winner of Edge and... Was it Edge and Cena? Yeah. So we didn't actually pick him then. Mean pick right. them. Or, right. Or at that point. Not real. Right. I, I'm with you. And then all the bullshit with Triple H happened, and then he's like, "Oh no, I'm going after you or whatever." Okay, so that actually makes more sense more to me because he never really. Act, it wasn't like the Undertaker situation where he like basically picked Batista um, over. <laughs> right. They lined him all up in the ring. Right. Because that was going to be where I was going to go next, is I want to go back and have Undertaker change his mind and choose Lashley instead. But yeah. this makes more sense, I guess. Okay, cool. Um, it would really have been something if he chose Lashley. 
Hey, me and my friend were cheering that. Taker Lashley, let's go. ECW Championship headlines, WrestleMania. Let's do it. Um, yeah, why not? Would have been a good way to push the Something different. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, overall thoughts on the Rumble from everyone, and then I guess final plugs, and then we'll head out unless either of you two have something to add. Um, let's start with Doc. All right, well, I don't think this Rumble was bad. I I, I just I don't think it was a, one of the great ones. You know, there weren't a whole lot of big standout moments, and the Rumble is all about big standout moments or long stories. And even though, like, there was kind of the thread of, you know, Orton and Triple H in there, there wasn't a lot of big, big story beats with them until towards the end. Uh, so, you know, I watched it twice, and I still kind of struggled with, a lot of interesting stuff to say about it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all I could really say about it. It was, it was serviceable. It was there. They had a lot of talent, of course. They always do. Um, so, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just where the storylines fall. And they were going with Orton. So there, there you have it. You know, kind of if, if I were to do a more traditional rating, I'd say just thumbs in the middle. It was all right. I'm sure it was a lot of fun to watch at the time in a room full of screaming wrestling fans, which is, by the way, the best way to watch wrestling. And those of us that, including myself, who watch wrestling sometimes alone, very analytically, like, that's fine, but that's not really how you do it, mm-hmm. to enjoy. Right, yeah, it's easy now. Without It's only like, uh, you know, like $10 for WWE events. It's like, all right, well, all right, you don't need to really pitch in anywhere. I mean, it's only $10. Yeah, just, just come check for so, every WWE event ever. It's way easier to actually watch this stuff alone, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, as far as I go, I agree with Doc for the most part. It was it was it was an okay Rumble. I didn't find, um, with exception to some of the Triple H stuff, of course, um, much to rant about. Certainly uh-huh. no real um, inconsistencies as previous Rumbles as far as their establishing rules. We didn't have any bullshit of, like, uh, you know, um, you saw someone didn't show up, so someone else gets their place. Why don't they get their place? Nothing like that. No shenanigans like that. Um, so... Yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. Um, by the no way, Curtis Axel is still in the Rumble, right? What? No, Curtis Axel is still in the Rumble bump. <laughs> right, right. Um, Doc, just to give everyone a yeah. heads up, next episode we're going to have a guest on who you know very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to sure. give a plug here? Yeah, we're going to mention because you're obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know that he's coming on next. I want I want you to s- tell us a little bit about the guest for next week. Let's see how well your description lines up. We've never done this before, um, but I want to give it a try. How would you describe the guest so, for next week or next episode? I will. Um, guess I'll kind of mix this in with like my my plugs because sure. it all it all mixes together. Uh, you know, I, I do a podcast contesting wrestling, um, where we uh, the the concept of the podcast was brought to us by our friend Evan Burke, who you are not going to talk to. Um, he has known me and my other co-host, who is going to be your guest next week. Uh, he's known the both of us for 20 years. And we've always been very, very much into professional wrestling. Of course, I got into the wrestling business many years ago. And Evan never really got it. He, like, he, he liked the ingredients, but he could never like the whole package. So he wants me and Professor Benjamin Abelson, who is the guest next week, 
to kind of show him stuff and explain it to him. And we all like, you know, we're all kind of intellectuals. Uh, Professor Abelson has a doctorate in philosophy. He's written academic papers on the subject of professional wrestling. Of course, even though it, uh, it hasn't been in a very high profile situation, I've been in the wrestling business for well over 10 years. Uh, so I have a, a good perspective, I think, on the goings on of, of how it works in the ring. So we really wanted Evan's um, unfiltered perspective without 20 or 30 years of context like so much of wrestling fandom seems to predicate itself on. Uh, now, your guest for next week, he's a very sharp dude. Um, he is as much... Uh, he is as much a college professor as he is a guy who used to sing in metal bands. Um, he's been watching wrestling for, you know, 25 or 30 years almost, you know, since the, the early 90s. Um, and, yeah, you, you have a – can I say what, what you've assigned to yeah, him? Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's been assigned the Rumble 2015, uh, which is – a very interesting experiment, and I know he's going to have a lot of very interesting stuff to say about it. Um, and, and like I've said a few times, you know, his big like his big selling point is that he is indeed an active professor of philosophy. He gets really into the weeds in terms of the why of things happen and what does it mean in terms of storytelling and like how this affects the the people watching it and how the people watching it affect uh, affect the show. Um, so you're going to have a real good time with him. Uh, just, you know, coax, uh, coax interesting stuff out of him. There's no question too complicated to ask him. And he's a funny guy, too, you know. <laughs> if he can't think of anything really smart to say, he'll think of something really funny to say. Uh, and, a, uh, yeah, I know. What an assignment he has, too, for 2015. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about a psychological experiment and analysis of a crowd. Right. 2015 is a pretty good one. Um, I'm so, uh, yeah, it. we, so we, to, what's up? I said, I'm looking forward to it. Good, good. Right. So we try and put a slightly more intellectual bent on this, um, because that's also where Evan is coming from, who is a, uh, who's a brilliant guy himself. And he's starting to develop a taste for certain wrestling. You know, he really likes, uh, really, really likes Shawn Michaels so far. It's not hard to do. <laughs> and, uh, and the first match we showed him that he liked was Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc. Absolute classic, of course. A classic match to show people who aren't into wrestling what wrestling can be. And, uh, yeah, so uh, look for us on Twitter at ContestingW. Uh, give us a listen. Give us a subscribe. Tell everybody about it, et cetera, et cetera. And Ben will say the same thing to you guys very shortly. Well, thank you very much. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, you can catch me on that yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's podcasting.com. Also, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Bill, why don't you give your final plugs and then let's head out of here. All right. Um, real quick with this match, I thought it was in the middle overall. Um, it, I can see why it's not really remembered, but it's not terrible. So I'm going to say it was in the middle for me. Same, same with Doc. I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. Um, you can check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which comes out each and every Friday. And don't forget to listen to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I review each and every South Park episode. Uh, it, yeah, it's a little, it, it's a lot of work, but it's with a lot of love. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Next time around, like mentioned, it is the 2015 Royal Rumble. And until then, <laughs> 
the 2009 Royal Rumble has been eliminated. 